Herbert is being chased, thrown on the run, and it is caught. Touchdown, Keenan Allen. What a grab. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. That's the Warrior spirit right there, boy. Huge sack by Joey Bosa. 90-yard touchdown. 90-yard touchdown. It's going to be picked off at the 8-yard line by Derwin James. Herbert sets his feet, takes a shot downfield, has Guyton. Caught. Touchdown, Chargers. That's the greatest throw I've ever seen. I'm yes, what is going on, Bolt fam? Welcome to the Thunder Down Under Chargers podcast. Andy Prophet here, joined as always by Alistair Lloyd and Jack Reed. Boys, thank you for joining me. We have proper football to discuss. Bitter pill to swallow, second edition of the Herbert Tour Bowl. Lots to unpack from week one. But that's the silver lining of the NFL season, isn't it? There's next week to look forward to. There's more football. Long way to go. We're going to take a look at not only what went down at SoFi Stadium on Sunday, but also the Tennessee Titans in our Week 2 opponent. And we'll throw in a little bit of a fun discussion, some propositions to one another. So stick around, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get stuck right into it, shall we? Miami Dolphins 36, Los Angeles Chargers 34. It was always going to be a battle of two elite offenses. Which defense would stand up to the onslaught? Immediate concerns watching the Cheetah and the Penguin shuffle through and shred the Chargers defense before a handy goal line turnover let the powder blue of SoFi breathe a sigh of relief. Or in case of those 4 AI bots, well, they had no emotional clue what was going on at all. Opening offensive stanza looked pristine. Glad you like that one, Jack. Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe a question could be asked for the Gerald Everett on the sweep. But the new offensive guru, Carolyn Moore in town, clearly had some tricks up his sleeve. From there, it was an absolute slobber knocker. Hard to stomach the 20 to 17 halftime deficit. Everything they could do, we could do better, or so it seemed. Defensive brain snaps aside. Charges came out firing in the third regaining the lead, but whenever the bolts landed a blow, the Finns answered right back. Even an end zone INT wouldn't break their stride. Guess it helps when your star CB1 decides to bring it out to the four-yard line and put your offense all sorts. Sustained drives, maintained possessions, they just weren't enough to grapple the athletic freak show that is the Miami offense. Simply put, the Chargers came up a great against a great football team that played one heck of a game. Two or three for 466 yards and three TDs. Hill had 215 of them and two scores himself. Herbert, 228 yards, a touchdown in the air, a touchdown on the ground, accompanied by a run game that netted 233 yards and three TDs for themselves. They always say the close ones hurt the most. Al only had to look across the couch at yours truly struggling to suffer what was a savage way to start the season 0-1. A pretty sad way to honour the late Hall of Fame head coach Don Coryell and retire the numbers of Charlie Joyner and Kellen Winslow. Guys, I hate this expression, but learn from it and let's move on to Tennessee. Mm. Jack, hit me. What do you got? Uh, boy. Uh, I watched this one with little Molly in my arms and dare I say Jeez, poor Molly. she got a good taste <laughs> of what supporting... The Chargers is, which is very disappointing. Uh, let's start with some positives from me anyway. Um, you know, we go through and we look at the game and we write down what's important, what's challenging, what's interesting and, and what questions we have. So I'm going to start with important. And that was the positivity I saw in not only Keller Moore's offense, but more specifically the balance of the type of run game that the Chargers pulled out. Josh Kelly, um, you know, ran for 90 plus yards, uh, five different, five in the zone and 10 in a gap scheme. Eckler, eight in a zone and eight in a designated um, gap scheme. So um, only six total targets as well for the running backs, which shows me that Kellen Moore has been able to empower that offensive line um, with some fantastic zone blocking concepts, with some fantastic gap blocking concepts. And it seemed that both Eckler and Kelly knew where the holes were going to be. They were very proactive, bursting inside, bursting outside. It was like five yards per run. I haven't seen that from a Chargers offense in a very long time. So thank you very much, Kellen Moore. Um, we'll get into some other parts of the offense, but that's what I wanted to start with. And well done to the offensive line too. 
It's that marrying of the type of runs you want with the offensive line. And wasn't it nice to see Rashawn Slater out there? Oh, Wowee. He, we missed him last season. It was that obvious. And I thought absolutely, like without a single exception, each offensive lineman had a really solid game. From Sawyer to his first game playing at right guard, I thought Corey Lindsley was run blocking as well as he has for a long time. And it just seems like they had this um, real uniformity of purpose where they knew what was expected and what that allowed our backs to do is just play off instincts. And I thought Josh Kelly had his best game of his career. And we barely mentioned his best game of his career. Yeah, without a doubt. And then Austin Eckler just, I mean, ridiculous, ridiculous. So I agree, Jack. That was a clear, one of the few perhaps positives of the game. Uh, I'll take it in a slightly different direction, the play calling. So still offensively, I thought it's kind of a bit of both worlds. I thought the positive of the play calling was Callan Moore resisted the temptation to get pass happy and was happy to just play off what Nick Fangio was uh, presenting to him. So they had two deep high, two deep safeties the whole time. And Callan Moore did not get bored with just going, okay, you're going to play deep safe, we're going to run it. And I feel like that's that requires quite a lot of discipline from a play caller. You've got these weapons. You've talked about explosive passes all year, but he stuck to his game plan and the offense didn't let us um, down, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, I thought the diversity of the passing game, like you've touched on, was, was, uh, was definitely interesting. Um, it wasn't just boring Joe Lombardi stuff. Although Keenan Allen receiving behind the line of scrimmage, Gerald Everett on a sweep. Mm, sometimes it kind of irked me, but, uh, look, the, the balance was great. And, uh, look, you could argue that maybe we relied or we left it sort of too late to let the passing game unfurl. And then in that sort of those last couple of drives, it was quite obvious that, um, Vic Fangio was like, ha, 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 welcome to the Casa de Fangio. It's game over, fellas. <laughs> and um, it, 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 it really was, at the end of the day, Chargers couldn't get a pass rush going. Um, at times, the, the run defense looked great. At times, it did not look good at all. Um, I'd like to also say, don't overlook the value of Dicker's 50-yard field goal. That's um, a, a big point of mine. Is A career long for him, the coaches back him in. Um, he's the guy that he's the guy and it's a big tick, uh, on the personnel decision by letting Dustin Hopkins, uh, go to Cleveland. So good. What did we think of the, the, the defense? Now let's go run defense first, because I'm sure we're all going to absolutely boil the kettle on mm. how we went, uh, on the, in the past game. What did you think? I thought it on paper, it looks good with 70 yards on 20 carries at 3.5 per attempt. I think that's very misleading for mine. Uh, there were moments where we looked like we could threaten and there were moments where they were just going 12 yards easy regularly and we're missing tackles from the linebackers, couldn't get a stop through the middle, uh, the tackling from the defensive backs in both aspects of the, um, the defensive game was pretty woeful. Uh, either of you got any particular takes on the run defense? Jackie? Yeah, listen, I'm going to challenge you on a couple of things there, Andy, that you've just said and, and sort of cover a bit of ground as well. I was going to click the flag, but not challenging that I disagree, but just with some numbers, just let's quickly go back to the offense is that, you know, we talk about maybe the offense not throwing the ball enough and not having rhythm to actually convert at the end of the game. Beggars can't be choosers, right? The A dot of Justin Herbert is 7.5 yards. Um, only seven games last year, that was higher. You know, average last year was 6.9, so we're uh, 0.6 yards above. Big time throw rate was 2.7%. I know it's only one game, but if you look at that, that's trending perhaps in the right direction, perhaps in the wrong direction. 2020, it was 4.9%. 21, it was 3.8. 22, it was 3.1. So it's trending downward and perhaps that was that lack of uh, deep ball throwing because of the too high scheme. Yep. But as I said, beggars can't be choosers. The run game looked good. You did also say that, and a lot of people on Twitter have been saying that the pass rush was not even, it's not there. It was shit. It was shit. So I actually did some thinking and looking at the numbers and I, it's not as impotent as we think. Yeah. 
Uh, perhaps on screen it didn't look great, but you know, per PFF there were 17 total pressures that equated to 16, 16 hurries on tour. Mac had six and Bosa had four. Just a bit of a comparison of some other numbers around the league. Green Bay, who totally dominated the Bears, had 36 uh, hurries. Dallas had 39. Those were the two dominant defenses of the week. Cleveland, Philly, and San Francisco. You've got Cleveland with 17, Philly with 23, and San Francisco with 29. Now, I'm not counting how many of those turned into sacks, right. but so they're pre- they're just be really careful. Yeah, so... That's right, and everyone was everyone was saying it was Bosa and Mac was shit. I'm not necessarily saying they weren't, but the numbers probably tell you that it was probably perhaps about average. Yeah. Run defense, and this is where um, a little more research went into it, and I'm starting to point the finger at one player in particular. Are we going to say the same and, guy? And is is it does his first name start with S? Yes, it does. Unfortunately, um, Tooley. Johnson, Allen, Fox, Williams, and Scott Matlock all posted better run defense grades than uh, SJD. Zero tackles, zero assists, zero stops, one pressure. Blown off the ball. As your number one defensive tackle, I don't know where that kind of leaves us. Alistair, I'll let you take over, but my question was kind of like, is the SJD experiment over? Oh, where do we go? I mean, there's nowhere to go if the experiment's over. That's the problem. So this was a strategy predicated on limited resources over the offseason. We made choices on who we wanted to extend and retain. And the upshot was, here are your two defensive tackles, Staley. You signed them last year. Johnson and SJD, those have got to be the guys. Them and some rookies and Morgan Fox, who we kept at a good price. And I didn't see anything to make me now confident that we'll see different results this year because what I saw was deeply concerning. And that's before we even talk about the pass coverage, which we'll get to and was a shit show. (laughs) The thing about the defense, the defensive performance that pissed me the fuck off is there was no effort to speak of. It was an effort issue primarily. And I thought it showed in the tape early on. I thought there was a lack of intent to tackle, especially from the cornerbacks, but also from the linebackers and the interior defensive linemen. I reckon the only people who can walk out of that game with their head held high are Derwin, Aloe Gilman, JT Woods, Tooley and mm. Mack. They're mm, the guys I who I said, hey, you're trying every damn snap to tackle the bloke. The rest serious question marks and it starts with effort then it becomes scheme and strategy and execution but effort is an absolute minimum expectation in week one and i tell you what if you don't bring effort to play against the titans they're going to beat your ass yeah you make Tannehill look like a god uh sorry clearly (laughs) a bit to get off a bit bit of steam to let off bit fired up i don't think that's going to be I don't think that's going to be the end of the steam, to be perfectly honest. New first 10 minutes, we were uh, quiet no, as a mouse. No like, we're barely even talking. Listeners are like, Is these three guys all right? I know Jack's got an excuse. He probably hasn't slept for five days. Al- <laughs> <laughs> I haven't slept either, different reasons, right? But, um, you know, this is cathartic for us. We've got to express um, what occurred. Sorry, Andy, you were going to, you were going to jump off the back of that. Uh, well, I mean, it, it begs the question. We spoke about this throughout the preseason. Does not playing your starters affect that intensity and that intent heading into week one, where it is for all intents and purposes on a mental level, their first hit out, their first proper hit out. We know the charges aren't big on tackling and things like that. And the tackling showed, I think we had nine missed tackles and I think that's a pretty generous, um, Mm. a, a generous take on the, the, the stat because well you can't miss one when you're we, not in the frame right yeah well, that's right um I mean we'll get to we'll get to one in particular who looked like CJ Okoye had played more football than him and he was taken in the first round a few years ago it's it's really hard to watch that sort of play and I, I brought up that point Jack about our run defense looking better than it was because the fact of the matter is they didn't have to run the ball. Tua's throwing, his time to throw was 2.5 seconds. Like, you you almost cannot generate defensive pass rush stats when the ball is coming out that fast because the utilization of pre-snap motion from the Dolphins was exquisite. And you have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle getting four or five steps 
before the ball snapped coming from the other side of the field, pum, they've got a head start and mm. we were torched, torched from the, the, the back seven. Jack? I'm gonna. I'm just gonna throw some more numbers at you there, Andy, because over the weekend, Tua was actually tenth in terms of time to throw, so he actually wasn't at the top. Now, I'll give you some numbers here. Out of the the quarterbacks that actually threw the ball consistently, Prescott, uh, two point one one. He was the quickest out of this week's quarterbacks. Zero sacks. They dominated the Giants. Joe Burrow. 2.32 seconds, he took two sacks. Goff, 2.34, took one sack. Lawrence, 2.34, two sacks. Jones, two sacks. Dobbs, 2.46, three sacks. Herbert, 2.61, three sacks. So there is the argument to say that, oh, it was amazing play design and the, and the pass rush couldn't get home because of that. Numbers would suggest perhaps that pass rush was not particularly good. So I've kind of balanced the scales there a little Jack, bit. Jack, just but one they're... observation on that. I think what might, uh, good point. I think what might explain that is when he did hold onto the ball because they wanted to take some shots downfield, they did a good job at manipulating his uh, launch point from the pocket. Mm. So I feel Big like time. the ones where he did hold onto it for two and a half plus were those ones that are quite carefully constructed with maybe extra offensive linemen in or getting him off his spot. But then all the quick pew, pew, pew ones were like, take it and go, what, what a, what a game plan. Like that game plan oh. Outstanding. might be the best I've ever seen watching coaches film in, in the time we've been doing this. And you brought it up before Andy, I've never seen, such creative use of motion. It looked like yep. an arena football league thing where your receivers are just mixing it up. And good luck us doing what we did last year. They saw last year our corners got their hands on our receivers at the line of scrimmage. How can we do anything to not allow that to happen? And we saw the fruits of three months worth of planning with Ronaldo Hill, who knows every one of our coverage rules in the room with him for three months. You'd best believe they're mm. going to be ready for this game. And the question... Can you actually stop it as a DC? Is it stoppable? There was no intent for our cornerbacks to even hit them at the line of scrimmage. I watched uh, game film, coaches film not that long ago. Tyreek Hill is essentially lining up on the line of scrimmage. He's not even lining up in the slot. He's actually on, he's on the ass of the right tackle and he goes, pew, lateral and out he goes. And I just see the cornerback just not even attempt to try and stop. It's just in front of the face and gone, cut in. It's just, and the gap that I saw between our linebackers and our safeties was so vast. We talk, Staley talks about defending space and it's all about defending gaps and space. This is what we do. My God, that was as big as the Wild West. <laughs> and Tyreek didn't even have to do a double move on a slant. It was just like, yeah, I'm just going to drop in. The, listen, the coverage was an amazing one-on-one, -on -one, but man, I, I don't know how you stop that. It's just getting to tour and you've got to, you got to get a pass rush that gets to him to disrupt him early because he can't, he did underthrow the ball numerous times. Yeah. There was that JC Jackson, almost yep, INT yep. in that first or second series. Yep. So, um, which he almost, yeah. he almost undercut that route out of nothing, but like, that's all he could have done. Cause he was, Tua <laughs> was so gone yeah. and sorry, Tua was gone. Tyreek was gone and he'd thrown that into double coverage. He was very lucky not to have that turned over. Um, the, what Mike McDaniel did was turn that defensive display into absolute antithetical, oh, Jesus, cook that one, but absolute opposite of what Staley tries to develop and limiting the explosive play. We played a deeper safety, a deeper shell to try and, you know, close in on what we knew was going to be minimum sort of 14, eight pass plays of 20 plus yards. Um, it's, yeah, it, it was just crazy hard to, it's hard to watch as a Chargers fan, but it's it's almost inspiring to watch and exciting to watch mm. as a neutral, which you, you kind of have to do. Once you get over the emotional damage of losing a game like that, you kind of go, okay, what are we looking at here? And is this team, is this Dolphins team the real deal? Two was so you know? good. Real good. Oh. Real good. Uh, and is Hill the best wide receiver we've seen in our in our time watching? I mean, we never we never really saw Jerry Rice or we got a bit of Megatron and all that kind of stuff. But my God, um, JC Jackson just mm. I talked about ADOT before. JC Jackson's ADOT was nineteen point nine. All right, let's let's have a discussion about JC Jackson. I, and I might I could I'll put that. a couple of things out there for us to consider and jump in. First game back off a very severe injury. 
And if you just look at like his kind of raw numbers, he was targeted eight times and just allowed the three catches. Yeah. But they were 99 yards worth and a touchdown. <laughs> and he had two of the worst brain fades from a quote veteran $14 million yep. corner you'll ever see. So what do we do with JC Jackson? Has he played himself out of a starting role? Do you back him in? What do we think? That is the probably the hardest test to come back to in his first game back, to, to come up against Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. And, you know, we, we're so focused on JC Jackson. And don't get me wrong, I, like, I really struggled to want to defend him with that. The... The 30-yard DPI just before halftime that gave them a, a free shot field goal to go in front, three points. That that's that's what it came down to at the end. And running that interception out of the end zone just oh, I could have put my fist through the wall at your folks' place up in up in the hills, mate. That was just moronic. Wouldn't be the first time that's happened. <laughs> first first for me. Uh, what what we have to not uh, avoid is that Michael Davis wasn't great either. Um, seven receptions on him, 90 yards, two touchdowns. Man, he was whiffing tackles, left, right, and center. Once again, just didn't seem focused, just didn't seem energized to, you know, be there and kind of folk, be able to focus on what Tua was doing, what his receiver was doing, um, get himself off a block in the run game. Uh, yeah, all round, I think, look, we're going to, we're going to lash at JC a lot more because, paying him a bucket load of money and yeah. it's been a massive massive talking point is what what is what are we going to get back al you've been um very vocal on the you can't come back from an injury like that um or sorry not many players are able to reach the levels that they uh once were at after an injury like that and did he look i mean like i said it's just it's a really hard test for him first off because you're playing against two of the fastest guys and he just, he did look a bit torched. He didn't look game fit at all. So using him back into the fold without a preseason snap, mm. sure, he was sort of getting his body right, but still played two thirds of the snaps. And um, Jack, should, should he have been put in that position? Should he have been put but in that Sta position? Staley's game plan didn't help them whatsoever. I looked at the communication and the difference between what I saw in the Fangio system versus Staley is that when there was motion and when Kellen Moore was sending Keenan Allen or Darius Davis or they're changing over, there was communication between their cornerbacks and their linebackers pushing and changing. Sometimes it was man that went into zone, sometimes it was zone that went into man. But you saw some of the windows early on that Justin Herbert was trying to throw to and they just weren't there. Whereas, as I said before, I felt our defense looked very flat. Yeah. The Kendricks and Kenneth Murray looked very flat-footed. There was a little bit of sort of pushing and saying, hey, you've got this, you've got that. But once that, and I guess the difference in McDaniel's motion was it wasn't pre-snap. It was kind of as the snap was happening. Mm. And if I'm being brutally honest, I'm going to take it off the players here because that's a coaching choice on the opposite sideline. Staley, you need to make some adjustments and talk talk to your guys about what's going on. How are you transitioning coverage assignments? What are you doing to the middle of the field? Because it didn't change throughout the oh, game. Oh, look, I so, disagree. I thought, the I thought there were adjustments made in the second half. I thought there, there were... Well, I know because I watched each snap. They've gone from, they've gone from bracketing not bracketing early to doing a bit more mm. bracketing second, but I agree not enough. You need to bracket more when you see it's not working. There were just complete cookups. So JC Jackson with that 33 yard strike touchdown, he allowed to Tyreek Hill. He cannot allow outside coverage. sorry, outside leverage as a release on that play. I know it was really clever that McDaniel condensed the formation. So Tyreek wasn't lined up super far out wide. He brought him in slightly so he could get to the outside, right? But JC Jackson has some space, yeah. He's got Derwin James sitting there as safety support on the inside. And Staley said it in the presser, you can't allow outside leverage where you've got help on your inside, JC. You're an all like a 
very expensive cornerback. That's just mental. That's just dumb. But why is it happening then? Is that just ignoring coach? Is that ignoring the coach? Is that not following instructions? That's going, I know better. And is this going back to something that really irked me? And this is a deep cut. When we're watching all in that first one, they get the captains in and then they have all these celebrations that they're doing after a play. And I'm going, whoo, that's an interesting way to G up your captains by showing them doing a little bit of showboating after they're making a play. I don't know. And then, oh, don't even get me started. Sorry. As a, as a complete sort of branch there, how about Joey Bosa giving up a penalty the first snap of the game? Mm-hmm. Like what's, what's going on? And this is a on continuation. What could have been a ter- on what could have been a turnover as well. It was a miss. It was an aborted snap. Too much player and- empowerment is it, Jack, you reckon? I'm just the, the, the roots are a little bit starting to rot. I think anyway, that's just my, I feel like, um, I feel like yeah, after listen- that penalty, sorry to interrupt you, Jack. I feel like after that penalty, Joey right. just went absolutely AWOL. And like, I know you defended them. You defended the pass rush because I was pretty heavy on it, but Mac was, mm. Mac got around, but Joey, man, for being on, you know, high twenties, however many millions and millions of dollars you're on, you ain't playing like a brother. Disappointing. Mm. Jack, I'm going to ask you straight. too, but didn't do anything. Yeah. They got Jasir in, they benched JC, they gave... Asante a go, he gave one up at the end, Jasir gave one up right at the end. It didn't matter who you put on. And they're like, well, maybe we should have made Dean Leonard active. He might be the only guy who can cover. <laughs> Oof, who knows? Surprising that he wasn't activated considering he arguably had one of the better pre-seasons of, and, and camps of, of the younger DBs. That tackling was awful. Seven of the team's nine missed tackles came from the secondary. Um, Jack, I know you've been vocal about it today offline with the two of us, I'm just going to ask you straight up, Kenneth Murray, discuss. Uh, from what I saw in the coach's film uh, just earlier, I, I'm not sure what's going on. The game was just, again, too fast. He was getting caught up in blocks. It didn't seem like he had a great communication and great connection with Kendricks that much. Kendricks himself didn't have a great game either. He struggled to diagnose where the run was happening, that the RPOs, the two around were very good. Um, there were times when he just takes the wrong angle. It's, listen, it's a broken record. We've talked about it before. I don't know what the coverage assignments are. I don't know what the play calls are, but from a from an objective, well, maybe not objective, very subjective fan point of view, again, it's just too quick for him. And he's letting go on that, uh, the touchdown, the first touchdown, or is it the, I can't remember the play, but he just lets a guy get in behind him and the ball's gone before he's even there. He needed to shift across and um, and block that passing lane. So yeah, lost. listen, you just hope that it was, it was first game. Do we give him a pass? They haven't played any preseason. Give him a pass. That's okay. Um, not many fans. I know listening to this podcast will yeah, do you're that. You're going to cop heat for that. Um, there are I'm no passes handed out but from like... any of the Chargers fans <laughs> after that. And we lost only by two points. I'm not saying we do. I'm oh, not saying we do. I thought but, you were just saying, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what? I'm a teacher, guys. No. I'm just going to pass you. <laughs> <laughs> P's get degrees, mate. Uh, yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> the only P, the only pass I'll give to the linebackers is I do think this game plan didn't ha- help them very much because of what you said, nah, Jack. The know. space between the safeties and the linebackers was just so vast that they're being expected to coverage such a large amount of the field. So, look, when I, when I look through the coach's tape, all I'll say is like, and I did it before I looked at any PFF grade, so it wouldn't color my perception. They didn't stand out to me as like, you're the reason why we're getting screwed up today, guys. Now, I, I agree with everything you've said. Like, they got, they bit hard on play action and they didn't tackle well either. But I'm putting more blame on the defensive backs yeah. and the guys up front. And then the linebackers, it's a rock and a hard place. You're between two pathetic lines of football this week. And there's only ever two of you on the field, in the middle of the field, and you've got Tyreek and Waddle. So better chance for them against the Titans, who will run the ball more. And I think we'll really get to see how Kenny and Eric do thumping against that line of scrimmage, trying to stop the run. Yeah. Alistair, can I just can I just say, I've been tossing and turning in my mind. When we were doing this game prediction, did you say that they're going to the the Dolphins were going to try and throw the ball more? Did you say that or did you say that they're going to try and run the ball more? I can't remember I what said, it was. run the ball more. I said last time they would have seen it didn't work. They need to run it more and that's what they'll do. And they did not Hold do on, it. The, the, yeah, okay. So that's what I was trying to get because 
it looked to me with that vast space behind the linebackers that they were prepared for a big run I game. Reckon. That's what they were trying to do. They were trying to stop it. Um, anyway. Yeah, it just seemed to me like I don't think it was that much of a, a change in personnel from when we played them nine months ago. But the way that the defense last time was able to cover and protect the middle of the field, we didn't have that much space. Uh, forgive me, I'm... I'm pretty sure, but I don't think we had that much space between the safeties and the linebackers and tranquil in particular was able to drop back into coverage and just, mm. just put a body in that space and turn. If the, if the slot on a crosser was able to go with the receiver, you had another body there and you're almost bracketing in the, in the soft middle of the field. I didn't see that at all. And we just continued to see Gilman and JT Woods playing and then having to move forward sort of, nine to 14 yards instead of kind of five and look you're damned if you do you're damned if you don't because if you sit those safeties further up like closer yeah. then hill's got the speed just to go over the top and Tua was on fire with it with his with that southpaw southpaw slang That's hard funny. work is it jack will go to you because teron armstead didn't play and we thought that that was a big opportunity for the charges not only did their like gun tackle not play, but Jalen Ramsey is not in the lineup. Is this a, is this result a warning sign for the league? Is this like you guys watch out because if we can keep, if we can keep Tua healthy and untouched without Armstead, and then our defense is not going to let up another 34 points. Look out. I, I feel like I've severely underrated this Dolphins team and it's, you know, very, very early days to just flip back on my word, but, God, okay, I just don't see that um, we just didn't look like we looked like we were playing reactive football a lot of the time. And uh, golly, I can tell you, I can tell you what's different from the last matchup is that McDaniel has had another year in a head coaching chair and he's probably also got some sort of super powered vape on the sideline and he's sucking really hard and giving him the superpower play calling. Uh, this is a warning shot because I only I think Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb are only going to improve. Jalen Phillips was an absolute beast. Uh, Teron Armstead comes back. To be honest, with that game plan, you might not even need a superstar left tackle because you're playing that well. The only thing that's going to hamper them is very much a one-trick pony. Yes, Waddle had 76 yards, I'm going to say, anywhere between 70 and 80. Uh, but Tyreek... Gets injured. I'm not sure if a Waddle is the same type of player. Yes, he's got the speed, but has he got the experience? Uh, I definitely have underrated this team. And there's a listener out there who I actually, funnily enough, chat with who's a Dolphins fan. And he said, don't sleep on us. We're looking pretty good. So definitely, I'll call that one a loss for me. I was very much sleeping on them, as you said. So. I just think there was a good reason to sleep on those particular injuries. I mean, everyone wanted to love the Dolphins this offseason and thought they'd explode with Fangio and and insert Ramsey and Armstead, but they've had awful injuries all through the preseason. And we just thought, oh, maybe they'll start a bit slower. And that might... the big question is, does Tua stay healthy anyway? Good on them. We have to eat some um, humble dolphin. I just, before <laughs> we wrap up, I don't want us to completely let the offense off the hook. And I just wanted to put some comments out there and feel free to piggyback off them. But when we went back to the drop back passing game, I couldn't see a hell of a lot of difference between this and the Lombardi offense. We're talking about a tunnel screen to Mike Williams, two swing passes to Keenan Allen behind the line of scrimmage, a shovel to QJ behind the line of scrimmage. Darius Davis played two snaps in the entire game. Quentin Johnson only played 20-something and Palmer played 52. We couldn't pick up the blitz three times and Herbert's thrown an intentional grounding in the most important drive of the game. So it's not like That's they don't have stuff to work on. But I saw you shaking your head a bit there, um, my dear friend. What what are you thinking about that performance on offense? Yes. Yeah, you, Jack. We're, there, there, are, there are two dear friends here, Alistair. <laughs> um, no, 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 I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I actually wanted to throw a question your way then. Mm -hmm. Is the offense too stacked? Because where, what's Mike Williams going to do? What's Josh Palmer going to do? I mean, Josh Palmer, he played 50-odd snaps, one target, one reception for four yards. Darius Davis comes in. Gerald Everett needs to get touches. Austin Eckler needs to get touches. Dotson's there. Kelly's mm. there. Is are we too stacked? I don't. Can you be? I too don't stacked? think you can be too stacked. What I think you've got to remember, as a play caller, is there's a reason why it's it's 
there's higher EPA per play passing the ball than running the ball. You do not want to be a team that runs more than your passes. You get a, you get an exception because you played Fangio and this was clearly a game plan. And you know what? You scored, scored 34 points. So I'm not going to come out and say it was the wrong thing to do. But you don't want to see that kind of balance of run to pass when you have Justin Herbert and all of these weapons. You, you would you rather go at four, five, six yards per attempt on the ground or 10, 15 through the air, right? 10 through the air. That's that give and take. Did we maybe weigh it too heavily, get too obsessed with the run? Because the argument would be you're running so efficiently, play action, baby, or let's hit some mm. shots. Didn't really seem to happen, Andy. Or yeah. is it? Or is it? Or is it trying to stop the the opposition? Like a Mahomes, you know, you run the ball, run the ball, run the clock, control the game. Maybe that was the game plan. Well, I think we smashed them in terms of well, maybe not smashed them, but for how they were looking, they were averaging like four minutes a drive, and some of those were eighty yard scores, and we're taking seven odd minutes off. So there was that element of, like I said in the intro, sort of just sustained drives and maintaining possession. But um, when the opposition is just so efficient, like that's, there was a turnover there and 30 or six seconds, 35 yards, touchdown, bang, one play, see you later. And you go and, okay, we got to do a little bit more here. We got to start, um, uh, start ramping it up. Jack, I'm going to throw to you for your teachable moment for this week, mate. All right, we've done high analytical. Let's go a little bit philosophical here. Open your ears, enjoy the sound of my voice. It is a humbling yet also empowering day when those under your supervision begin to thrive rather than just survive in their jobs. Both Moore and Fiken, Ficken put the team in a place to win the game due to their plans. The run game was perfectly Maybe not perfectly, let's say placed. Let's just say the run game was placed to control the tempo of the game, eke out scores, take the ball away from Tour and McDaniel, and also diagnose that right side of the Dolphins field goal unit was leaky all day. Special teams did not make a big mistake, as is akin to what we sometimes do at the Chargers, and contained speed on the returns, no penalties. However, we've talked about it, that defense. Well... That is leader Brandon's unit. It is his scheme. It has his guys in it. It is not thriving as he wanted. In fact, his mentor's scheme was just as leaky. Is this defensive tree rotten at the roots in the modern game? A Bosa penalty on the first snap of, uh, of the game might suggest some new seeds need sowing. Sometimes the things we think we are best at or we love the most, we hold too tightly. We struggle to get the distance from it to see things objectively because it is so tied and up in who we are, our personality, our being. Staley was meant to be a defensive guru, is meant to be a defensive guru. It's in his makeup, his being, but perhaps his grip is too tight. He is suffocating it, killing it slowly while other systems and leaders around him thrive. What is the teachable moment? Is the scheme too difficult to implement? Is it not adaptive enough? What unconscious biases and mindsets are shaping what's happening? Possibly just let the players play, free it up a bit, go instinctual, relax, reflect. Nervous energy breeds nervous play. Go again. That was my teachable moment. Cool. Nice, man. Really good. All right, a couple of awards, one for me, one from Al. I'm going to the Nah Yeah Award. So what I deem was just great to see. And Al, you touched on it really nicely. I've gone a kind of combo because I just, Austin Eckler is just so valuable to this team. Another super game, 117 yards and a TD on the ground, four receptions for 47, solid as always. But hot diggity dog, was it good to see Rashawn Slater back on that field and just bossing it at left tackle. So welcome back, son. Awesome stuff. Al, to you. Amen. I'm, I've been assigned the Yeah Nah Award, which is something that starts off good and turns to dust. Whereas this is more like the Nah Yeah Nah Award. <laughs> it's going to Brandon Staley. <laughs> we had Nah, which was Your the, boy, Jacksonville, right? the Jacksonville disaster. That was one of the loudest mm. and strongest Nahs you'd ever give as a Chargers fan. And then time passes... You forget six months go by and all in comes out the first episode and you start to think, yeah, yeah, this guy can talk a good game. 
He's, this is the time to shine for his defense. Year three is when it usually clicks. Players seem motivated. You get Kendricks across. Yeah, yeah. And then you give up over 500 total yards in one of the most painful week one losses I can recall. I've copped it online. I've copped mm. it. That is the loudest nah after an off-season of hope. Do you know why? There's now a misalignment between words and actions. The words about Kenny Murray playing at a winning level made in the aftermath of the game and again today suggests a misalignment between what you're saying and what I'm seeing. And when there's misalignment, that's where you start getting fans saying, I will find out where you live and I will burn your house. <laughs> They'll say it. They may not do it. Yeah, or maybe they not, will. Well, we're not, we're not saying that though, are we? We're not no, saying we're not it, saying but you know, riots, right, LA, these, these, these things yeah. happen. However, I'm not out, but I'm very much aware that I'm being made to eat my words and you know I've got an ego and I do not like that. So <laughs> you get the first award of the year, Brandon, and make it the last, please, please, for my mental health and for the mental health yep. charges out there. Good on you for just checking yourself as well. Uh, look, I mean, I was, I was in on Staley too, but what did you say earlier? Talk is cheap, motherfucker, if you're really feeling froggish leap. Man, you gotta you gotta make something happen because uh, as I move on to the uh, checking out next week, um, he knows Staley knows he's so disappointed. He knows the fire is rising up the seat of his Burke Lounge defensive performance like that wasn't wasn't one to shy away from honesty in the the presser. No, I don't think JC Jackson did have a good game. Not many, if any, of the back seven did. His adjustments didn't work out. And touch on um, our good friend Kyle's TDU mailbag question, the hair will be out the building soon uh, if things don't turn around. And I don't think he'll be far to follow. Like, he just cannot be letting up 500 yards for being a defensive head coach in this day and age. It just, it's not going to slide with fans. If we had more of a perhaps uh, aggressive owner, uh, ownership kind of group, then you could see more cutthroat sort of actions coming. But look, we'll see. He's just got a he's he's got a massive corner to turn. Um, moving right along, though, from a personnel perspective, out of the week one game, it was good to see Mike Williams return to the field after that sort of off the ball head knock that put him in the tent. We saw Eckler kind of trot off a bit ginger. Now uh, he pulled up sore after another physical run. He sort of kicks off the injury room list of absentees from Wednesday's practice. Joey Bosa, the guy made a glass. He did not practice with a hamstring injury, joining Chris Rumpf and Diane Henley as they still recover from theirs. Eric's Ken Eric Kendricks was maybe a hamstring as well, but not active due to personal reasons. All right, Jack, over to you. What happened with the Titans in week one, brother? Listen, um, I, before I do say that, I we're talking about fan bases and being let down and feeling let down. If you're Jets fans out there, man, I feel for you. I feel so sorry. Seeing Rogers go down and I immediately almost went, that's either an Achilles or, a, or an ankle. And then you saw the footage of it, the slow motion oh, of his calf reverberate as the, as the Achilles goes bang. Oh, poor guy. And then uh, anyway. Well, it's... it's Anyway, it it's, can always be worse, right? It's common knowledge that when the Achilles tears or ruptures, it makes a, like a gunshot kind of pop. A gunshot. Like it is a super tight bit of uh, connective tissue there that wraps around your ankle. And yeah, that slow-mo footage was nasty. It was kind of really sad some... as well to hear what um, Garrett Wilson said. Sorry, kid. Yeah. Like, oh gosh. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we're not Jets fans. Yeah. We wouldn't be doing this show, that's for worse. sure. <laughs> it can always be worse. Um, Titans, I've just got a couple of notes and then we'll get on to Alistair with the strengths uh, for the Titans. Uh, lost 15-16 at Saints. Wasn't a great game to watch. Wasn't, wasn't. Uh, both defenses played relatively well. Passing game for the Titans wasn't very good. Tannehill 16 for 34 for only 198. 
only completed 47% of his passes with three INTs. Derek Henry was clearly their best weapon. Uh, he received for 56 yards. His rushing attack looked okay. Um, he lined up at wide receiver a couple of times. He lined up in the wildcat a couple of times. So they're getting a little bit creative there. Rookie watch, I had a look at Skaronski. He had a really good game, both, both in pass protection and run. So good on him. Hopkins looked all right. Nowhere near the the nuke uh, that we expect of him now, given his age. But he caught seven for 65. Um, he'll always be hard to stop. Funnily enough, I, they only, I was watching for a lot of play action. We know that Tanner Hills, that's one of his strengths. They only um, went play action for about 27% of his dropbacks. Um, the offensive line, even though Skronsky had a good game, uh, Tanner Hill was under pressure for over 40% of his dropbacks. Four turnover-worthy plays. dot was quite deep, around 10 yards. Took three sacks and only threw for eight first downs. But, like Tua, did his work short and in the middle of the field. Um, and dump off to running backs. He did not complete a pass of 20-plus yards. So kind of a stinking for, stinker of a week. Um, but that's what I kind of saw in the Titans game against the Saints. Al, Titan strengths. Yeah, we were watching this together actually towards the end of the evening, just catching up on some around the league stuff. And uh, was it towards point, the end the of the evening or the start of the morning? <laughs> column A, column B. Uh, I don't know okay. if you noticed the comment commentator at some point said, uh, "Taysom Hill's one of the best football players ever." Oh, he's, oh he's like the perfect football player. We're going <laughs> okay, mate. It was like listening to Trent Green in the Chargers broadcast. Oh, spare us. Uh, Titan strength. They're a really tough football team who enjoy being physical. No surprises here. Coached by Mike Vrabel, it kind of manifests on the field. There's actually a personality displayed on the field that matches the coach. Uh, Big difference you can see between our linebackers and their secondary players. They're wanting to hit you, all of them. They really enjoy it. Molden loves it. Hooker likes it. Now, he might not play because he's in the concussion protocol. Um, Murphy Bunting comes down. The linebackers, they're, they're willing and they're able. Their front is obviously their real strength. In this game, their pass rushers had 24 pressures. Eight to Arden Key, who's a new signing from the Jags, backing up a good season last year. Autry is a weapon. Uh, and Simmons probably had a quieter game, but he still contributed. He combined in, they had their four sacks. So their pass rush is lethal. We know that they were the best run defense team in the NFL last year. Again, they allowed only 16, 69 rush yards on 27 attempts versus the Saints. So it's going to be a very different proposition this week for Calamore's rushing attack. Can you do it against one of the best in the league? Um yeah, there are a couple of obvious strengths, I think. Do you have any um, you'd like to add at all before we move on to their weaknesses, boys? I just think highlighting Jack's point about Derrick Henry, 56 yards recept- receiving, I think that was off two receptions. Like, he's dangerous, man. And when you look at how our defensive backs and how our coverage guys tackled, man, that's a concern. I feel like that's going to be exploited. And also watching what Jalen Phillips did um, to Pipkins. I don't think Zion had the strongest start. He flashed. He had some some moments that were good, but it's high alert for our pass protectors in this game. Like there's, it's a they the Titans came out. They may they may have lost in a pretty grubby game, but like you said, Al, they have the intent and the energy to to come out and play physical football, and that's what you need to do. Um, you need to lay the hit early and just. Like we, we special teams. In, the first snap of the game, they get a turnover on special teams. Hooker just smacks that guy off the sideline. He's picked it up. Titans start with yep. the ball. That's how you start yep. your football season. Absolutely, crazy good. All right, I'll move on to the Titans' weaknesses and the opportunities that the Chargers have to exploit in Week Two. Look beyond DeAndre Hopkins, this wide receiver group is pretty much right where it was last year, and that's not particularly great. It's a it's a really big big redemption opportunity for the Chargers secondary. Um, Ryan Tannehill, forty nine point one PFF grade. Jack, you did mention that he did a bit of did a bit of business over the the middle of the field, and that's a big shift that we have to make. Uh, I don't think they really have the explosive speed to force our 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 shell to sit so high. We can kind of come up, but the importance of just like the way that we were beaten with speed laterally against the Dolphins. We cannot let that that happen again. Um, 
Three interceptions, that's opportunity for the Chargers. And God damn it. If you turn the ball, if we get a turnover in the end zone, just take the knee. We're crying out loud. Let's let's have a bit of football IQ with it and how we play defense. Um yeah, on the on the Titan side of the injury list, Traylon Burks and DeAndre Hopkins did not participate in practice today, the latter with an ankle in- issue. So we'll see what happens there. Christian Fulton, Ty J Spears, and Taya Tart all limited with their various concerns. So we don't want to like play for them having injuries and being less than 100%. But, you know, nice, nice little tidbits for us because we need more than a one-point win um, like the Saints had over them. And I think we, we, we can achieve that. Um, just less kind of shovels into the uh, the backfield from our slower receivers might be nice. Get Darius Davis in there because he looked hot shit on the jet sweep in the preseason. So, Jack, over to you. Keys to victory, mate. What do you reckon? What's the go? Uh, I mean, the easiest one to say, difficult to execute is contain Derek Henry. So I'd be looking for big games, redemption games from Kendricks and Kenneth Murray and SJD with both yeah and SJD and also with Bosa and Max setting the edge uh, as well you know not selling out especially Joey Bosa not selling out uh setting the edge to try and get a sack is he going to play but 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 yeah well who knows hammy um and, and I'd also like to see you know what McDaniel did is he picked on CBs he picked on our CBs he went Good luck trying to stop Tyreek Hill, JC Jackson. We're going to throw it to him anyway. Can we do some of that? Can Kellen Moore go, Back the guys. you know what, Murphy For Bunting? Sure. You know what, Murphy Bunting? Try and stop Keenan Allen. We're just going to go, 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 go. Can we get a little bit angry? Because if we don't bring anger, if we don't bring fight, you're right, Vrabel coaches a very hard-nosed defensive team. And it is. It's battle of the defensive coaches, right? Who's going to get the win? Um, the other thing I've just got before I pass you to uh, pass over to you, Al, for some keys to victory is: can we get some Quinton Johnson time? Can we can we get some short little slant routes in the dagger concept? Can we can we get him going? Can we get some speed? Um, let's try and blow this game out as quick as we can. Yep, uh, that's what I got. Yeah, it's it's a very different game to last week, right? It's polar opposite, really. Titans yep. struggle to pass, like to run, uh, and they can stop the run but can't stop the pass. It's the exact opposite keys. So we are now facing a pass defense that might be missing two starters. If Hooker's out with concussion and Christian Fulton can't get up with a hamstring, you're now looking at backups, and this is the time. This is where we're going to find out if it's the Kellen Moore bombs away offense because I'm thinking right now you need to score 40 points on offense for our defense to win a game of football. Like I don't want to say that it's only one week, but I now have no real confidence that the the defense is going to come out and keep the Titans to under 27. That would be sad because really we want to see, we want to see them kept to under 24, but I I don't know. We've just seen like a record breaking poor performance. So I want to see, like you said, Jack, the offense put a, 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 like a, gap in this game early so we can just can we just breathe as Chargers fans for a bit to start the season <laughs> instead be of being nice. in cauldron yeah. already uh, I know we, we've done what we usually do Andy we've just covered all like 360 degrees no it's perfect that's absolutely perfect that's it that's the key <clears throat> yeah we uh on the field my my highlight over because I, I agree with what you're both saying it's playing proactive football compared to reactive football and that starts with Love it. that starts with the offensive and that is back you guys drop it in we just, oh, everyone was just banging the drum about hey man i gotta tell you this offense we're going we're going deep we're throwing some big numbers oh yeah show us walk the walk because <laughs> um uh didn't really see it, and uh, we need to see it against a potentially um, shattered coverage unit that the Titans have. Uh, f- that's all for me in terms of keys to victory. I'm going to start us off with the result prediction. All hope is not lost. Mm. Keyboard Warriors away, please. Chargers win first road game of the season, 31-21. to 21. Go, Alistair. Uh, I've gone with the Chargers win by less than a score in this one. Uh, I'm right on the brink, though. Like, this is one where my head is telling me, getting a vibe that Vrabel kind of coaches a good one. We beat them last year. We beat Miami last year. Do we go 2-0 and against a good head coach? Or are we starting 0-2 and two and the fan base is really on fire? I'm going with my heart this week. One more time. 
just for me and all of the other listeners out there who need something good next weekend, next week in their lives. Jack, it looks like you're about to put the dagger. <laughs> no, I'm not. I, I would love to say that we're going to win 40 to 17, but I'm going to have us under a touchdown and I'm going to say 24 to 20. LA Chargers, bit of a slobber knocker. Uh, and that rounds out that. Woo! 2000, Microsoft, going in the hole. Come on. Live, buy, sell, or hold. Alrighty, guys, time for a bit of bar, sell, or hold. Each of us will put a proposition to the group. Could be team, player, score, or betting related. Then the others will say whether they're willing to buy, take the bet, sell it, not take it, or hold and sit on the fence like I usually do. Al, let's start with you, brother. All right, this is a good one. Aaron Rodgers will never take another snap in the NFL. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what that was one of my ones, and it's um. I'm going to hold as okay. like as ridiculous as that seems because I saw a just quickly I saw a little infographic thing on um Instagram today and it was essentially Brett Favre you know hero of the Packers gets injured at the Jets ends up at the Vikings and I sent it to Packers Dan I don't think he's responded <laughs> yet <laughs> I think he's probably just going to say you're off the Christmas card list, which is fair enough. Um, but look, for his second trip into the darkness tent in, uh, you know, a few months' time, I'm going to hold on that. I am going to sell, sell into the subway darkness. I will have the amazing healing recovery powers. <laughs> Ivermectin. And... <laughs> yeah. Nah, he'll come back. He's got some unfinished business. He knows that team is built for him. He knows that team. That Garrett Wilson is something special, and I believe he's going to come back, and I think he'll take them on a deep playoff run. I hope for Jets fans. Uh, and he, look at me supporting Aaron Rodgers. I'm a new new man. I'm a father. I'm a new man now. Crazy. Uh, I'm going to sell that. I think he will come back. Andy. All right. On that. Oh. You go, Jack. Okay. Mike Williams will be traded before the deadline. God, you guys are stealing mine all the fucking time. I'm selling that. I'm selling that take. No. <laughs> no, before no, the this, deadline. This, oh, I'm this GM, that. this... No, 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 no. We're lucky to cut people who deserve to be cut or trade them. It's, I'm selling that take. <laughs> yeah, I'm selling it too. I'll just go with... I had a slight different one because I did actually think the, the whole before the trade deadline, but I think Joey Bosa and Mike Williams will be the two big money guys at the Chargers to get moved on at season's end. Buy, sell, hold. Yep, I'm buying it. Uh, no, I'm selling it. That's a buy. I'm selling it. I think they keep Mo Bozer and lose Mac. That's my prediction. But All right, back to me. Josh Allen had 33 turnover-worthy plays to lead the NFL last year. After four turnover-worthy plays in week one, he'll lead the NFL again this year in turnover-worthy plays. What say you, Andy? I buy that because I think since 2018, he leads all players with 86 and it's just becoming a How's really bad stat? habit of his. Mm, Look at it's that. becoming a real bad habit of his. Jack, what do you reckon? Yeah, I will buy that. I like the way he plays the game, uh, but I'm not sure if Stefan Diggs is going to hang around that either. So I'm going to buy that. Uh, my next one, and uh, this was a painful watch because I have a very, very soft spot in my heart for this player. Uh, the Bears have ruined Justin Fields' career. That's that's it. Blanket statement. Uh, that's it. It's the fun of it. I'm, all, I'm, I'm it? holding because, you know, if I'm a better in a market, I need a bit more qualifying info. So I'm holding that one, but uh, very much open after week one. Uh, I'm going to sell that. I think even with the defensive head coach, uh, I think he's just still got too much natural talent to have his career ruined by that franchise. All right. Uh, Al, one more from you. Sure. All right. Going to pick my best little one. Everybody go there, buy, sell, buy, hold, sell. All right. Just before the stock market closes, either Kirk Cousins or Daniel Jones will be benched at some stage during the 2023 regular season. Kirk Cousins or Daniel Jones benched. No, I'm going to sell that. I don't think either of them. Daniel Jones has just been paid. No way. He's a young quarterback. Dayball will not want to ruin his confidence. And I think Kirk Cousins has done enough for me 
that I think he'll want to play through a contract, whether he's on the Minnesota Vikings at the end of the year. That's another statement entirely. Uh, and I don't think someone like Justin Jefferson would want a, a second string quarterback ruining his amazing start to his career because that would just create disharmony. So yes, I'm selling that statement. I'm going to sell it too. And I'll finish off with one last one because I think that the blame goes elsewhere. The Giants offensive line will cost Big Blue a spot in the playoffs this year. Ooh. Yeah, I'll buy that. I'll buy it. I'll buy that. Mm. I'll buy. I thought they were a kind yeah. of a reversion candidate anyway. Kind of overperform yes. last year, and that line looks leaky. Yeah. Yep. It's tough. Tough going for Brian Dayball. Oh well, guys. Lots to look forward to heading into week two. It is a must-win because week please, week please because week three we're heading over to Minnesota, second road game in a row, and things could get nasty. So okay. put all your good vibes out there. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Bolts up, and we'll see you next week on the Thunder Down Under Chargers podcast. Bye. See you, team. Fiery has got Floyd turning, got it, zigzag, 10, 5, high step, touchdown, San Diego! Woo-hoo, woo-hoo, woo-hoo. Good night, good night to all!